0: Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a volunteer in your local church, Ministry in Motion offers you resources, cutting-edge practical ideas, and inspiration for your ministry. Our topic today is Growing Youth and Young Adults Through Bible Study. And our very special guest is Andrea Jacobsons. Andrea, welcome to Ministry in Motion. Thank you. Now, just tell us a little about the context of your ministry and where you're doing youth ministry and Bible study with young adults.
1: Well, um, at this point, I am a youth pastor at the Spencerville Church, Mm -hmm. and I have about 50, 60 youth um, that I'm responsible for at the church. Um, There is, of course, Spencerville Church, Spencerville School, that has a a lot more youth, and so I get to interact with them as well. And I have a Bible study that happens every other Sabbath afternoon. And then, of course, we do Bible studies when we do Sabbath school programs. But uh, in the last three years, I also taught at Andrews Academy, and we did Bible study in the
0: classroom. Terrific. Now, why why are you so eager to have youth study the Bible. And um, Mm -hmm. is it part of your journey or something happened Mm -hmm. for you?
1: Um, Well, I grew up as a daughter of a pastor and both of my parents were very much into the Word of God. And so I would see often my parents reading the Bible and just having it open. I always knew that if the Bible was open in the living room, that was my mom's. And if it was in the, on the kitchen table, that was my dad's
0: sure. um,
1: because they had chosen those spots. And so and, um, I also come from a legacy of grandparents who were very much into the Word of God. And so I grew up kind of loving the Word of God just from seeing it around me. But it wasn't until I went into the seminary and I studied in the seminary and I was actually learning how to really study that I realized, wow, the Bible is amazing. And there's so much that I had been missing out on. And there were especially two people who made a huge impact in how I now study the Bible. And that was Dr. Dukan, who was an Old Testament professor and then a doctoral student at that time who only taught one class or at least one class that I took from him. And um, that is Chris Vogel. And I'm not really sure where he's at right now. I don't know whether uh, he's finished already. He's working as a pastor. But um, he kind of did similar things to what Dr. Dukan did. And he made us read each passage that we were studying 10 times. So we couldn't actually talk about it or do anything with it until we had read it 10 times. And then we had to look for a structure that's in the passage and for key words that were within it. And then we could start to come up with what does this passage actually say? Mm. Um, And... At that time, that's when I came, made a commitment to myself. And I, and I just told myself, you know, this is what I need to do. Uh, youth and young people shouldn't wait until they're in the seminary because the majority of them will not be there. And they should have those tools before to be able to see how amazing the Bible actually is.
0: Mm. Well, you've, you've led us very neatly. So how do you actually teach? And uh, what, what methods do you use to teach youth and young adults the Bible?
1: Well, I, I teach them those tools, the tools that I, that I learned. Mm-hmm. But I kind of go um, with this methodology, or, or the way I think of it is, I think that there are two ways to teach the Bible, two approaches. One is the scriptural way, where... You just take a passage and then you talk about that and then come up with applications from the passage. And then there's the topical way where you choose, let's say, forgiveness or relationships. And then you choose, to, you choose verses that fit within, those, within that topic. And I think that they both have their place. They're both important. And they should work together. Um, but I do believe that if we were to err on one side or the other, if you could err, mm-hmm. um, I believe that it should be on the scriptural side where we should teach the, the scripture more rather than just a topic. But I do believe that in, within our church, we have kind of swung the other way, and we teach more of the topics than the actual scripture. And I found many youth who tell me, you know, if I ask them, okay, put these things together, it's, it's as if, like, they have these pieces of the puzzle right around them, but they can't actually grab them and put, and put the puzzle together because it's kind of disjointed. Because they hear about, okay, well, this is prophecy from Daniel and Revelation. But it's taken from different parts of Daniel and Revelation. There is not a continuous picture that they get of Daniel and Revelation. And so that's where I believe that we need to be going back to that scriptural side and actually teaching youth, okay, let's go chapter by chapter. Mm-hmm. And lead them through, so they know. Oh, this is what it's actually saying, and this is what it means in context.
0: Mm. Now, is there a particular translation that you advocate that you think is the best, and would encourage young people to, to, mm-hmm. to, to gravitate towards?
1: Good question. Um, I, you know, I tell them if you're going to do study the Bible for yourself, you can read any any version that you'd like. But if you actually want to do real Bible study and want to be able to compare as close as possible to what was really said, then you should either go with the New King James Version or, just because the New King James Version is just in a more modern, modern language than the Old King James Version, mm-hmm. or the ESV or the NASV.
0: And the ESV, what does that stand for? That's
1: the um, English Standard Version or right. the New American Standard Version. Okay. And which are the closest to the, actual, to the original. And I tell them, every author is very intentional with the way they have written things. And so if you are going to really study, you have to know what was really said. And many times in the English translations, they take the repetitions out because they feel like, well, in, in the English language, the more repetitions you use, the more some, you can't speak English right, right. Mm-hmm. But in the Hebrew language or in the Greek language, especially in the Hebrew language, the repetitions have a meaning and so those are preserved in in these translations better mm-hmm. than in some of the others.
0: Right okay and just looking at the function and the how and that type of thing a little further do you, do you encourage the, the, the youth and the young, young adults to bring a a hard copy paper version or an electronic or and to, to mark their Bibles mm-hmm. um, Talk us through that process just briefly.
1: So I do both. I realize that Although I absolutely love the Bible and like marking it, I know some of the youth are used to actually marking it digitally mm-hmm. or on, you know, online, and I believe that that's, that's okay. I do At some points, I will tell them, you know, right now, we can, you can only use a hard copy, and I want you to actually find things. But I don't always require that, uh, because we, we are in a different generation. I still think of myself as young, but I realize the gener- there is a generation gap. Yeah. And so they are used to more of the electronic than I am, and... I think it's okay, but they should also be exposed to both.
0: Mm, Yeah, exactly. All right, growing youth and young adults through Bible study, this is such a significant topic, Mm. particularly in this day and age for our youth today. We're so pleased that you're here. We want to explore more of this topic with you. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is Growing Youth and Young Adults Through Bible Study. And our guest is Andrea Jacobson. Now, Andrea, it's very clear that you, you love the Bible. Mm-hmm. How does that impact your appreciation for the Jesus of the Bible?
1: Mm. I, I believe that the more youth study the Bible, the more their, their love for Jesus actually grows. Mm-hmm. And that's what, real, that's what happened to me. And the more I studied the, the deeper truths of the Bible and I saw, oh, um, this is who God really is. I mean, when he gives his, he, he makes himself the lamb for the sacrifices. You know, as you're studying the sanctuary doctrine and you're looking more into it, the more I realized, wow, God is an amazing God. And that's where I think that if we don't, get the youth into the deeper study of the Bible, and we just talk about, okay, this is the topic we're going to talk about, instead of actually having them dig deeper, they miss out on that. They miss out on discovering who God is through scripture as they're reading it. Mm. And I had, um, in last year, we studied Old Testament prophets in one of my Bible classes, and we studied the book of Hosea. And they, for the first time, for many of them, they had never even heard of Hosea. And they were saying, you know, wow, this is an incredible story of Hosea marrying a prostitute. And then she leaves them with him with three kids. And then eventually, at the end, he goes and he buys her with, for, for everything that he has. Mm. Right? He gives everything for her. And there is a little uh, c- uh, documentary film that someone made that's a modern version of the Hosea story that I showed them after we had studied this. And when the, when, the, when the little film just a, w- ended, it was as if like you could have just dropped a pin in the classroom because it was so quiet mm. where, you know, they got it. They understood that, wow, like God is an amazing, amazing God.
0: Mm. And he
1: loves us so much that he would give everything and he did give everything.
0: Wow. You, you know, it's, it's amazing. Even in this day and age with how much or how many resources and the technology that's available to kids, the appreciation of the Bible still it touches their heart in a wonderful way, mm-hmm. doesn't it? hmm you, you know, just speaks to them and, and moves them. Yes. Yeah. Now, what about the, the, those who are teaching the Bible to young mm-hmm. people? What would you say they need to do?
1: Mm. I believe that they need to make sure that they are themselves spending time in the Word of God. Okay. It is not enough to just say oh well I'm teaching Sabbath school tomorrow so Friday night I need to just really do something and just cram and figure this out because the youth can tell if you don't really have time for the word of God throughout the week and then you're just kind of trying to teach them something on the day of and so I think that well what I do is I I took the time to actually learn how to study the Bible and, and that's what I would encourage everyone to do Take the time to to learn tools for yourself that you can use. Find gems in the Word of God that you can share with them, where you can just say, "Oh, this is so cool! Look at this!" Because as soon as they see that you're excited about it, they'll be excited about it, and they they want to know, "Okay, what is it that you found? That's so cool! That you think is so amazing?" And they they will look at it and they will say the same thing, "Wow, this is really awesome! You know, and we learned something new." Um, so, I believe that you need to take the time to study it for yourself so that you know you can find those things so you always know more than what they do Mm -hmm. and i think that we should always especially by the time we get to the high school age we need to bring them more than what they have heard all the way through and middle school you know by the time they're in high school there needs to be more it cannot just be let's read this passage and then let's answer these questions because that's what they have always done and if that's the same thing they're doing again now in high school, they start getting bored with it. Yeah. And that's why I think we need to bring more. We need to know more so that we can show them more and that they can actually see, oh, yeah, there is beauty in this and there is so much amazing stuff I can discover. I can actually be a detective going through the Word of God and find things, pull things out for me.
0: Mm-hmm. So let, let me ask you, what, what's your typical Personal practice with exploring God's word. Mm.
1: Well, I like to do at least an hour of just spending time with God. I sometimes have different versions of the Bible that I compare, and I'll read them. I like to also read Ellen White's commentaries on the, the different passages that I read. There's a there's an amazing Bible out there. Um, it's the Old King James Version that has Ellen White's comments, mm-hmm. and I I love reading those comments after I read something from the Word of God because it gives me an extra. Uh, something to to think about,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and I I find now that even if I spend an hour, it's not enough. Mm. I just I just realize, wow, I really really would like more, but I can't do more because I need to go do this or that, and I need to be at work, and I need to be at this meeting. Um, and the more you do this, the more you you just find yourself, wow, there's so much more I want to do. I want to study.
0: Yeah. And do you use concordances and that type of yes, thing? As yes, yes. Well?
1: I definitely I use commentaries and I teach youth to also use commentaries.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I've had several of of the youth as you know, as as I've been teaching, they would say, Wow, we never realized you can actually go to a commentary and find things. And they would just be amazed. They would be sitting there reading some of these things and figuring out learning new things.
0: Yeah. Now let's come on to the Bible itself and let's come back to the the method that you appreciate the most and that's looking at the passage in its context. Mm-hmm. All right. Where you're introducing it to the youth for the first time, where how do you introduce it and where do you start?
1: So, I always tell them that the authors are very intentional, right? And I think I already mentioned this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That every word that's written has has a meaning, and um, just a couple weeks ago, we were in a, doing the Bible study, and we were going through a genealogy in Genesis chapter five, I believe it is okay. and there is a repetition of and you know this person lived and he died, and then this person had this son and he died, and this person had this son, and he died. And it's one of those things where youth would just look at it or any person really would look at it and just think, wow, this is so boring. And why are we reading just this person had this person and he died?
0: Just a list of dates. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. And so I was telling them, you know, there is something really important about this because this is the only genealogy that has he died. All the rest of them do not say and he died because why would you say that, right? In reality, we know they died. They're Mm. not alive. Um, And so, but there is something very different about that genealogy because there is one person within that genealogy that did not die and that's Enoch mm-hmm. and so his story is with, just stuck within that as if for us to notice, hey notice there is eternal life there is more and at that time I was telling them, you know, people, people were kind of worried that there is nothing more that really you just die mm-hmm. and that's it and God said no, there is more, there is there is someone who I took to took to heaven, and so there is eternal life. Mm. Um, and so, I I tell them all these different things where I want them to notice that each one of those are important.
0: Fantastic, a practical, real life example. Thanks, Andrea. We'll be right back with more ministry in motion. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is growing youth and young adults through Bible study. And our guest is Andrea Jacobsons. Now, Andrea, I'd love to unpack the the actual methodology that you use a little bit more. We've talked about the importance of intentionality and repetition. Unpack some other things that you, you're leading the young people to really explore and to use in their Bible study. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one other thing that I tell them before we actually study the Bible is about the role of the Holy Spirit. I believe that there is a misconception out there where if you just take a passage and you read it, um, the Holy Spirit is supposed to come and drop some bombs on you of, of this is what it means, right? And that is not how the Holy Spirit works we have to use our brain mm-hmm. and the more we dig and the more we study and we look for connections the more those those things come out and that's what i mean by being detectives in the word of god that you actually pull more things out of it because then the holy spirit can work and help us to critically think through these things and i believe that we we do ourselves a disservice if we are just okay well i'm just going to read it and then many times youth just tell me well it's boring because i'm not really getting anything out of it mm-hmm. because i'm just reading And nothing's really happening. And that's why I teach them those tools. Because if you know those tools and you know how to dig even just a little bit, things will come out for you to think about.
0: right? Exactly.
1: Um, So I tell them that. I tell them, okay, it's very intentional, the role of the Holy Spirit. And then I start teaching them specifically things to look for. So, for example, if we are, um, like a couple of weeks ago, we were in Daniel chapter 3, which is where... Nebuchadnezzar builds the statue and then he forces everyone to come um,
0: and bow down. Yes,
1: to come and bow down. And in that chapter, it's very interesting because the majority of us just kind of read it and we've heard it our whole lives, so it just seems like there really isn't a lot that's extra. But I had them actually pay attention to the things that repeat in that chapter. And if you pay attention, you realize that it says, Um, so Nebuchadnezzar told to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials. And then you just go a verse down and it says Mm -hmm. again, so the satraps, the administrators, the governors. The counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials, again, right? And it it repeats it a couple more times. And then the other thing that repeats is, and so the peoples, the nations, languages, and all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony of all kinds of music. And then again in verse 7, it repeats the same thing, okay, the music. Mm -hmm. And so I told them, so what does that mean, you know? those are things that we skip over. We don't really look at as we're looking at it because we only talk about, well, the three friends didn't bow down. Mm. But what does this actually mean to the story? And we talked about how this is talking about worship, about forced worship, and the contrast between forced worship and what God wants. That God does not ask for forced worship. He wants the kind of worship where we willingly and with with love do that. Mm. And that's the huge contrast in the story where... That's what the three guys do. Mm. They are doing this out of love for God. It has nothing to do, and they're even willing to die for it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas these guys are forced to worship, and it just shows this mechanical worship that's going on in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Right? So, that's one of, so one of those things I, I want them to keep looking for is those repetitions, things that, have, that show meaning. I don't spend a lot of time on teaching them how to look for structure, of the chapters because I think that maybe as as youth they're still a little too young to really appreciate it Mm -hmm. but if they're older for young adults I definitely would
0: um,
1: show them that okay the structure also has a lot to do and then looking at the context what comes before what comes after and adding those commentaries looking for commentaries Mm -hmm. Um, and then at the end for each one of those I will always tell them there needs to be an application so you need to for yourself pull out what does this mean to you in your life? And I either have questions at the end that I ask them. One of them that I usually make sure that I always ask, sometimes it's different questions, but I usually ask them, what do you admire through the story that we just read? Mm. And what did you learn about God specifically? Because I want them to think about it, not just, because a lot of times I think we can overlook that. Yeah. What, what does God really mean? show us in the story? Uh, what does it show us about his character?
0: Mm. So that's the two main things. What do you admire about the story and what did you learn about God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then once in a
1: while I add a few other things but of those are the main things.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you, what, what does this say to you and mm-hmm. affect impact upon your life and those mm-hmm. types of things. Mm-hmm. Now Andrea, what, what benefits have you seen to a youth group when, mm-hmm. when you've practiced this, this approached an emphasis on scripture to that youth group.
1: Well, I have, because most of it has been through teaching it in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been, I've only been here for a month and a half, but I have already seen several of the youth saying, you know, this is really awesome that we can actually do this. And several of them came up to me and they said, what's really cool about it is that you don't have to be there when we study the Bible because you tell us how,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: And we can do it on our own at home. Mm. But I've definitely had youth where I've noticed that the ones who really start embracing it and start spending time in the Word of God, those are the ones who start forming their own identity in Christ. And you can see it you can see it happening right in front of your eyes yeah. where they're just starting to fall in love with the Word of God and, and with Jesus and you know and they're slowly uh, changing and the way they see the world is, is different and they'll come and talk to me about different things that are happening in their lives and, and you know how should we how should we approach this or that and they make the decisions uh, based on what they read.
0: Wonderful. Thanks so much, Andrea, and thank you for joining us as well for another program of Ministry in Motion. I'd like to invite you to come to our website, www.ministryinmotion.tv. There you can watch all the programs that we've ever produced of Ministry in Motion. You can watch them on demand, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Practical, effective, cutting-edge ideas for your ministry. Until next time.